It's time for Supply Chain Now. Broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia. Heard around the world, Supply Chain Now spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White, and Enrique Alvarez with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Hey, today's show, it's all about continuing our Logistics with Purpose series here, powered by our dear friends over at Vector Global Logistics. And where we focus on here are the leaders and organizations that are all changing the world in some way, shape, or form. So stay tuned. We'll look to not only increase your supply chain IQ, but your leadership IQ. Quick programming note before we get started here. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to check out uh, Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe for free so you don't miss a single episode or conversation just like this here today. So with no further ado, Greg and Enrique, are y'all ready? Very excited. Ready. I didn't do my check-in with either y'all. Usually I'll say, hey, good afternoon. How you doing? And and uh, get the juices going for the conversation. I didn't do that. So Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I, uh, this is one of my favorite series. I'm so glad that Enrique and the team bring this to us where we get to talk about people who give forward. Agreed. And our producer, this, is, this has become his favorite series, by the way. So that's a huge, that comes with a championship belt. So I agree. We've gotten a lot of great feedback around logistics with purpose. And Enrique, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Scott and Greg. This is a pleasure as always. And this is also my favorite series. I'm the only one we have, but, <laughs> but we <laughs> For love now. it. For now. For now. For now. Maybe we shed some light on that towards the end of today's episode. But, hey, we've got an outstanding conversation teed up today. We've all done our homework on the one and only Dale Wilkinson that's joining us here today. And you, our audience is in for a great discussion. So let's bring in Dale officially. Dale Wilkinson, founder at Good Gigs, which is a platform to connect mission-driven companies with professionals that want to use their skills for good, leave their mark, right? Give forward, as we talk about here at Supply Chain Now. So, Dale, good morning. How you doing? Thank you so much, Greg, Enrique. How you doing? Good. Good to have you. Great having you. Yep. You know, it's one of those cases, Greg and Enrique, where we should have been recording the pre-show conversation. We enjoyed chatting with Dale and learned about some of the things he's up to. But, hey, we've got the next hour or so to dive into that. So, Dale, thanks for carving some time out. Of course. Looking forward to it. All right. So, for starters, Greg, where do we want to start with Dale? Tell us a little bit about where you're from, because I'm guessing it's not precisely the United States of America, and maybe share a little bit about your childhood upbringing, early life. Well, where would you guess? Where am I Australia. From? There you go. <laughs> yes. Is that right? You were, you were correct. Okay. Uh, you'd be surprised at what I get. Kiwi. <laughs> I was going to um, say New Zealand. Yeah. Kiwi, uh, English, South African. Yes. All of That's the above. A big confusion. But I'm Australian. Uh, I'm an Aussie expat uh, living in Los Angeles. I've been here 10 years. Grew up in rural Australia, country Australia, the outback. Wow. Whereabouts? Kyabram. It's two hours north of Melbourne. Uh-huh. So I grew up in a dairy farm, the whole lot. I'm a little bit familiar, though that's two hours north of Melbourne is, as we say in the States, the sticks. The <laughs> sticks, yes. Definitely sticks, like small country town, uh, grew up there till I was 18, moved to Melbourne for about a year or so, and then eventually Sydney, which is obviously the biggest, biggest city in, in Australia, 
right. and then was there for seven years and got the seven year itch and came over to the States one holiday season for a, uh, for a vacation and decided I want to make that move. And six months later, I was, I was here. Maybe tell us a little bit about, I don't know, you know, it's always nice to find out what has shaped a person, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about your upbringing in Oz or, or maybe what caused you to come to the States or why particularly the States or what's happened here since any of those things is kind of fascinating. As I mentioned, I grew up on a dairy farm, which that would be hard not to shape you. Like I, yeah. I, the, the, I was one of seven kids, second youngest. And uh, I think the folks had that many kids to work the farm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully one of us would take over, uh, which they have. Hey. If you can't find good help, you just make just good help, kids. right? <laughs> <laughs> but that really, had, like, growing up on the dairy farm for a number of reasons really kind of shaped my um, work ethic, my appreciation of early mornings. There was a, a lot of good times uh, growing up on, uh, on the farm and um, uh, enjoy whenever I get the opportunity to go back there, which, you know, I try and make a couple times a year. Um, unfortunately, hasn't been a year. Uh, considering, right. um, you know, what we're in at the moment, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I definitely think the seeing my parents work ethic on the farm has really been ingrained into me as I'm an entrepreneur now trying to, you know, build, uh, build a company and the consistency that that takes to run a dairy farm. You know, it's it, um, 24-7 job. It's, it's you, you, you're milking the cows twice a day. There's no vacation. It's day in, day out. It's very uh, consistent, regimented. And I think I've taken that with me throughout my whole career. And then the reason I moved to the States, I was in Sydney working for a production company, doing a business development role there where we were creating the promos and the trailers for a lot of the uh, TV shows in Australia. So after seven years of being in Sydney, gorgeous city, but wanted to make a change. And the next logical move for me was to come to the States if I wanted to continue in that kind of space, in right. the, um, uh, working for a production company in the entertainment space. Uh, and at that time, I was starting to kind of enjoy the creative process of uh, working at an agency in a production company and yeah, made the move to get to the States. You're foreshadowing some of our next question, which is about that professional journey leading up to, you know, founding good gigs and beyond. What else would you add to that pre was good gigs your first in entrepreneurial venture before we no. talk about, no. Okay. No, no, well, the, no, no. Perfect. Well then shed <laughs> some more light, shed some more light on some of the, on some of the other pre good gigs journey. And then yeah. I want to ask you about some epiphanies you had. When I was actually uh, 18, going on 19, I've always had that entrepreneurial uh, spirit, that mindset. And I, I started my first business when I was 18. I'd just done a traineeship. I was living in Melbourne for a bit, and then I, I came back to the country. And when I talk country, I talk, you know, a town of 5,000 people, very small, rural country town. And I decided to create an events, event marketing company uh, in a very small country rural town so had a couple little uh, events that were that were successful but then planned this comedy gala and this, uh, so I was 18 I really had no business experience I had no marketing experience I was flailing my way through you know trying to work this out end up getting some 
decent comedians from Melbourne to appear and to, and to perform at this uh, comedy gala. I worked out how to kind of do some uh, radio ads, some newspaper ads, but again, knew nothing about advertising or marketing. The radio ads, the kind of first mistake there was, it was a week before I realized the ads didn't even have the date of the, <laughs> of the show. <laughs> so as you can imagine, the night of the gala, we did have a pretty big theater. I think it was like a 400 um, seat theater. It was just family and friends, like 20 people showed up. And, you know, being that naive, I didn't, I didn't expect that mom and dad kind of forked out some money to, you know, to put this on. Um, and before the show even started, I was like, I need to get a full-time job. Then I guess like after this, I'm not going to, I've made a loss on this. So, uh, but funny enough though, after that knew I had to pay mom and dad back, knew I had an interest in the creative side, advertising, marketing. And I actually got a, my first kind of full-time job at the newspaper that I was running these ads in and I knew I had to kind of get my head around marketing and advertising. And, and it was after the fact when I did something so terrible, then kind of jumping in and learning the basics, the principles and kind of looking back at that experience and going, mm, I should have done this, should have done that. But those are some of the most powerful learnings in, right. in, in business and in life is when, when disaster strikes or when, when you got it, when, it, when you have a failure, what you learn from that and right. then apply for the next go around. I mean, that, that's like some of the secret sauce, right? Definitely. Definitely. Right. And, and the show itself it was amazing. It was great. The comedians were hilarious. Uh, the people that did come had a, you know, had a great night, but um, yeah, exactly right. We were able to then kind of work out uh, after the fact what I should have, you know, what I should have done then. Um, and it did set me on the trajectory of, you know, where I'm at now and, and kind of going into that marketing direction. So what came next? So I was working for this newspaper, getting my head around advertising, the, the, the principles of advertising. Again, having that itch that I needed to move to a bigger city. Uh, so from there, I moved to Sydney and continued that, uh, that career in advertising, um, ad sales right then it, when digital was really kind of taking off. So I got a job with uh, News Corp, Rupert Murdoch's company, which uh, I say, you know, the Death Star. It was like, so I was working, uh, selling ads on the internet, basically. And it was right when MySpace actually launched and Fox bought MySpace. So we were actually for, in the Australian market, we were selling the ads on MySpace and then creating bespoke uh, ad campaigns on MySpace with the live events that they were doing. They, I don't, I don't know if you can remember, they would do secret shows, uh, both for movies and music. And it was a really, really cool time. But then obviously Facebook was launching at the same time and I'd left News Corp before that happened. But that really was pivotal for me because I, I enjoyed coming up with those creative concepts, both for the digital campaigns as well as experiential in-person campaigns. So I actually took that experience and went to event marketing agency to really kind of, you know, build that out. Uh, and then I went to a, a, a production company, then um, doing more of a, a biz dev role. The combination and the collection and the accumulation of these skill sets, especially on the digital side, the biz dev side, the advertising and marketing side, what a, what great ammunition as you know, you launched good gigs, which we're going to talk about here momentarily. You, you've already kind of shared some of your key learnings, but if you had one more, 
to point to that you haven't shared that was a, a significant eureka moment for you, what would that be? I think it was back on my first job working for this newspaper. Again, it was a, it was a small country newspaper, but in the position that I was as doing sales and you know selling ads in the newspaper, you were dealing with small businesses and mom and pop shops and you were selling the space, but you were also responsible for the creative side of it and coming up with the, uh, uh, the campaigns and what did that ad look like, uh, which was really enjoyable. So having that position and kind of wearing multiple hats, both sales and advertising, you really got that perspective of how to integrate sales and creative and then dealing with a mom and pop shop where it's their money coming out of their pocket, selling these ad spaces, it really had this kind of human connection for me. And it was kind of perfect at that stage of this isn't a big multinational company with massive budgets. So to really care for your customers and your clients and really understand, you know, what they trying to achieve with, you know, whatever they were doing. And it was like the local pub, it was, you know, the local furniture store. Yeah, it was such a good experience. You can really move the needle and, and be part of a, either a family business, small business, you know, something really meaningful and impactful to them. You couldn't disappear into the backdrop because chances are good they knew your parents, <laughs> right? Or somebody knew somebody that you knew, right? I mean, it really was a real personal connection. It's interesting that if you think about it, Dale, it's interesting what that prepared you for in terms of what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, okay. understanding that human connection in marketing and engagement, right? Yeah. How to, how to make their life easier. You know, yep. what, you know what's the pain uh, that you're trying to um, solve for them? All right. Love that. Uh, Enrique, let's dive into good gigs. Dale, and as, as Greg was saying, I think it kind of shows through, through what you've told us so far that, that you not only care for people, but, uh, but I think that upbringing in the farm has been very important throughout your career. Well, first and foremost, before I ask you why, what does the company do? Explain a little bit more about what uh, Good Geeks is, what it stands for, and, and just, yeah, what, what it is so people can understand yeah, Good Geeks sure. better. Yeah, so <clears throat> Good Gigs is a platform to connect mission-driven companies, so nonprofits, social enterprises, uh, B Corps, uh, to come and find professionals, uh, predominantly in tech, marketing, design, uh, product, who want to use their skills for good. You know, so that's what we've been building over the last year and a half. You know, it's pivoted in terms of what the business model was. It was initially a, a marketplace model where we would take a commission more so from the freelancer side of the market. It's, it, it's evolved more into uh, currently a jobs board uh, and we're launching a community platform for the job seeker side of the, um, the marketplace uh, early 2021. Uh, and with that is we'll be releasing courses, cohort based courses on how to uh, improve job seekers, soft skills, and I think that will help them upskill and uh, job readiness to start working for these mission-driven companies. That's very interesting. And for some of the audience out there that are, are in logistics, um, what, so you said nonprofits, B Corps, and some other organizations like that. How would a company kind of contact you and then sign up and, and onboard you? And also, is it on both ends of the spectrum, you're dealing with people that are seeking the jobs and then also people are offering the jobs. And how are you thinking about all this? 
it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a balancing act. That's for sure. Whenever you have this kind of marketplace model where you're, you know, trying to get two sides of the uh, market onto this platform. So uh, we've, you know, done some uh, growth techniques of building a community of job seekers. And that's what we really kind of started with. Now for any company that wants to get in front and get access to this community that we've built, they just need to go to goodgigs.app and in the navigation bar, there's find talent and it just provides the different opportunities that we have to get access. So you can post a one-off job. You could do an unlimited subscription. So post as many jobs as you want uh, each month. And uh, purpose is a big thing. And I, I personally really, really think it's uh, a driving force and, and the way that you should probably, uh, I guess, line up your life and what you do and your company, but um, in, in the marketplace and, and just trying to sell your company. Are you seeing more people that actually are attracted to purpose or more companies that are purpose driven? I mean, what what's the balance right now in that equation? Is it companies are catching up to what people want or it's the other way around? So specifically like who we're working with, if a company wants to sign up on good gigs and, and post their jobs, there is a, a qualification step. So, you know, we do kind of look and see if they are a social entrepreneur, if they really do have kind of purpose ing uh, ingrained into their business model, because that's you know, what we're building over here. Otherwise, you know, there's plenty of other opportunities for other companies to, you know, post jobs on LinkedIn or Indeed or, you know, wherever they want to go. So, but what we're really kind of building is this platform and this community specifically focused on, you know, solving some really big social issues. Uh, and that's what we wanted to, uh, for the job seekers, create the opportunity to search these companies based on social issues that they care about. Um, if it's environment, they want to work for a company that is working to solve climate change. You, there's an easy way to be able to come to good gigs, search for those different companies and see what open positions that they have. Building that framework, we're attracting a, a network of uh, professionals who are interested in this. This is very exciting. And so why? 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 Tell us a little bit more and tell our audience how, how you came up with the idea and, and why this particular idea uh, what's the root cause of, of you founding it? It was really scratched my own itch. Going back to Sydney and working for News Corp, there was this book I read, uh, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. It was a profound book for me. Once I finished reading that, had this kind of epiphany that I was selling ads on the internet for News Corp, doing you know no real good, no impact in the world. And literally like the next day after finishing the book, I quit my job. Within two weeks, I was in Vietnam volunteering for this organization that built homes for the homeless. And mind you, that was my first international trip. Uh, that was my first trip out of Australia. So I went by myself and that was a culture shock for sure. And I was there for actually over a month, just kind of traveling. And it was amazing. The people that I met, the experiences, the culture, but also the poverty and, you know, this real kind of realization how privileged uh, upbringing that I had in, in, in Australia. Dale, how did you find and vet the company in Vietnam? I did a Google search and just found different organizations were, that were doing those kind of things. I, 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 I want to say there was a friend that had done something similar. And I don't think it was the same organization, but uh, I did find something close by. And then I kind of looked at like, well, they had different programs in di different countries and just kind of based it on that. Made the leap. And, and made the leap. 
and do not regret it. Uh, it. It was so much fun. But once I got back, I still didn't have the experience to all the understanding about and this was like 15 years ago, you know, so um, social enterprise or, or you know, um, using business for good. So I always struggled with that. I couldn't reconcile, reconcile using my uh, skills and experience that I had built up with using them for good and, and, and making a career and making money. So I think for the next, you know, 10 years, even, you know, moving here to Los Angeles, and then I had a, um, a production company uh, here for the last nine years. Uh, working with clients, creating their uh, video ad campaigns, had some terrific clients, loved the creative process, but again, was like, there's something missing. And that was, that was, it was really about scratching my own itch. It's like, I must not be the only person that wants to be able to have a good career, make decent money, but also be something of purpose and uh, appreciate that. So I actually made uh, there, there was a really, uh, the last year of the production company had a really, really good year and made the decision that, all right, it's now or never, never, uh, I'm going to step back and ideate and come up with my own brand. Um, and number one on that list was, it was to be a purpose-driven brand. So it was about a three month period. I was at the coffee shop every day, just coming up with ideas, working out like, you know, what is my skill set? you're looking at different business models and just playing around with it. And it probably took about three months to, to come up with good gigs and the original concept. And then that, that you know, that's changed. That's very interesting. And I, was, I, was, I guess very good entrepreneurs always working the first couple of months of our company's life was also in a, at a Starbucks or I guess from one Starbucks to the other. So tell us a little bit more how a, a day in, in the life of Dale Wilkinson looks like. Because uh, we know, and you have mentioned before, there's many, many different moving parts. You, you're an entrepreneur, and, and we have interviewed entrepreneurs before, and, and we get that. But how, how can, uh, how's a normal day for you? How do you spend your time on? How do you prioritize your tasks? Tell us a little bit more. Great question. And, you know, it's it's... First of all, it's still a struggle. Like when you are a solo founder and you do have to wear multiple hats, it's a struggle. But I go back to what I was saying with, with you know, growing up on the farm and that consistency and that having that kind of ingrained in me, I know I can be, I'm, I'm great scheduling my time. Uh, I, I think being a producer as well for the last nine years with a production company, having a really good understanding of who and what to bring in what resources I need to kind of bring in and, and at what point, but also being resourceful enough to kind of work out, I can teach myself that I can, you know, do this or that I can, you know, buy a camera and do my own video stuff, which is also my downfall, because then, <laughs> you know, to try and delegate that stuff once you have worked out how you, you know, work in that space. Many hats right now, right now though, day to day, I am getting ready to go out for a raise to do a first investment round for good gigs. So just within the last two weeks, you know, made that, made that decision. So right now it's like pitch decks, uh, revenue projections, all, all that fun stuff. All can you, um, are you ready or can you tell us or share a little bit more about how much you're trying to raise and some yeah. of the broad terms and conditions, just in case maybe someone that's <laughs> right. listening to us out listening. there. Yeah, hey, for sure. There might yep. be a couple out there, uh, venture capital Yeah, people. for sure. Yeah, so I'm looking to raise a 250K round, pre-seed round. 
uh, on a safe. Uh, so uh, for the last year, I've always, there's something been, uh, something really uh, that has allured me to the bootstrapping route uh, with good gigs. And that's kind of what I uh, started off uh, doing. Uh, I actually built what you see now, goodgigs.app that has been built with no code tool. Um, so there's a kind of a big movement in, in the uh, web and mobile app uh, building space of all these no code tools. So you don't necessarily need a developer to you know, build these uh, applications for you. You can go in and use these tools to build pretty comprehensive tools. So uh, I'm a non-technical founder, so I've <laughs> never built an app before. So I found uh, Bubble, this tool, and was able to build uh, good gigs from that. So uh, it's very cool. So you don't have to spend as much on, you know, development costs. And, uh, but it, you know, there was a bit of a steep learning curve again, uh, and me putting my head down and, and, and building it. So, but I've, I say all that because I've got to a point now where it's like, okay, you need more content development. Uh, we're building a community platform for our job seekers. We need community engagement, community moderation, uh, content development for those courses that I was talking about. So really kind of making the decision to, I need to bring in some capital to kind of right. get this right. growth going. No, it's clearly a technology company, right? I mean, you definitely have to leverage technology. Uh, and it, it sounds to me that uh, you're not afraid to, to take risks and uh, try things yourself and roll up your sleeves and work hard. Right. So changing, changing the, the gears a little bit, I like what... Uh, you must see like a lot of very interesting companies and, and of course a lot of very interesting people, very purpose driven and with a very clear cost in their lives. So uh, the two or three things that you think make a, a company great, a good culture um, uh, and, and I guess the kind of culture that you guys have at good gigs, what, what would those two, three components of a company's good culture? With good gigs or any or the companies? That well, I, I was just assuming that since uh, you have such a great sample of companies, they probably picked a couple here and there, and you, your company kind of is a reflection of what you think a good culture for a company should be. But So either yeah. or, or both, I guess. It's such a great question. I think like still being a solo founder and, and you know, what does culture look like for a solo founder, you know? But <laughs> I, it's definitely part of the thought process as you build the brand, as you work with uh, external uh, stakeholders that are, you know, doing a brand refresh, designers that you're working with, it's part of your identity. So I, I think specifically with good gigs, and I actually just had Danny Alexander, the co-founder of Who Gives a Crap on the podcast the other day and asked that kind of same question, you know, if, if you had advice to other entrepreneurs just starting out, uh, especially in the impact space, you know, what, what advice would you have? Um, and I've, and I've kind of taken that from him is to have fun, you know, and I don't That's think it's necessarily one. just a mission driven company is, is, is any company. If you're going to be putting so much effort into building something from scratch that you want to be having fun while you do it. So I think that has been a guiding principle for good gigs from the get go. Although we are, you know, working with companies that are tackling social issues and important serious issues on the good gigs end, we can still have fun and, and you know, not take ourselves too seriously. Did Danny answer the burning question, though, 
who indeed does give a crap? Did he give us the answer to that question? <laughs> well, it is, uh, that is one of their, uh, their top value is give a crap. They've had, they have three values, uh, which I think the other one is have fun, give a crap, have fun. And I cannot remember the, 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 the last one. And I can speak from experience because I've spoken, spoken to multiple of their team members just in you know the hr the marketing department and i actually said this to danny like you're the it's testament to the team that you've built they are all incredible super responsive super friendly folks you know and and they started as a remote first company and now have office in uh, los angeles in uh, melbourne australia so it's testament to you know what they've done and they've been able to build a team that give a crap you know if that's your number one value then you're hiring and and you're employing folks that have, have values aligned you know when i think about culture that's a great and very difficult question so the easiest thing i have ever seen anyone do is simplify it and you're sitting in a room with three other ceos or former ceos and the thing that i have discovered in being and working with ceos is that 100 percent of the time the company's values, the company's core values, are the, are the leader's core values. So to make that question simpler for you to answer, you don't have to look outside for what our company is or what our company ought to be. It's just what's important to you because you are going to either subconsciously or intentionally drive those, those values throughout the organization. And like Danny, um, he must give a crap. Uh, and he must have fun because, and he must do it, I'm guessing, very intentionally to drive that into that organization like that. But that's, that's what makes culture so simple is while you're doing it, and it's hard as a leader to confess this, frankly, but while you're doing it for an organization, it is all about you. Because ultimately, you can't be anything other than what you are and, and, and or are consciously intending to be. So you, you'll drive that culture. So your, your culture, your values can be a little bit aspirational, but it needs to come from the core of who you are. Sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound like an education, but it's as simple as that. I think so many people, they get really tied in knots over culture and core value, but it really is as simple as that. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally going through this exercise, this, this, this um, process right now as I work on the framework for the community of good gigs and the community platform that we're building. And it, it's exactly that, you know, as I'm doing that kind of process, it's like, well, what am, what am I, what's my identity? You know, what do I care about? And, uh, and then also, which is another thing that I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I build this community is it's also not about me when I build this community. It's about allowing, being the kind of the, the, the producer and being the um, building this space and this platform where a community can gather and engage, uh, learn, uh, feel safe, uh, and you know, getting, that, getting that input from mm -hmm. the community. And it, and it may not, when I look at the content and the, uh, you know, the courses that we're gonna offer, I have all these ideas the community might not even want that, but being open and flexible to, to hear what they actually want.
and then yeah. to allow that to happen. A lot of learnings in this last exchange, and and, and Dale, I really appreciate you weighing in. And and uh, I must have played ball or something with a James Wilkinson. I keep, or maybe you you remind me of a of a long lost third cousin. <laughs> I think we know James. somebody My named apologies. James Wilkinson Scott because the name sounds familiar right, to Greg. me too. Now that you say that, clearly they've made a big impact on me. But Dale, you are in short order. <laughs> Making an even bigger impact. I mean, I love, I love how, um, I think we all, I mean, we do so many of these. You sit down with folks, and sometimes you get the guarded, the, the, the hidden, the, the cagey answers. But with, with what I'm hearing from Dale here is just an air of uh, transparency, mm-hmm. um, an air of, I know what I want to do. Now it's about building it and communicating it, and, and it doesn't have to be about me. It's just, it, there's an authenticity here, Dale, that Definitely. clearly is a big part of, of who you are, and, and it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. I appreciate you saying that, Scott. It, 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 it's not easy, uh, you know, especially when you're trying to run your own business, and, and, and um, it's tough, and it's something that I've actually leaned into and tried to lean into more this year uh, with starting my own podcast and, you know, getting out of my comfortable zone, even with, and really what I was talking about, like, looking for a um or going out for investment i actually had to ask myself some hard questions that you know a couple of weeks ago is like well why is there anything else that i is there some fear in this you know idea that i'm going to bootstrap it you know i'm, I'm not going to get investment is it some fear because i'm i'm, I'm fearful of the there better be so i had to actually kind of i mean seriously yeah. fear is a prime <laughs> motivator yeah. right I, I mean yep yep um and, and, and that's what i concluded yeah well but at the same time um as probably very similar to what you mentioned greg about the culture i think that uh investments in my opinion and i guess this is my personal investment strategy is you invest in the person right you, it's the people that really matter and of course you do have a very good idea uh i was going to ask you are there any other competitors <laughs> he's in interviewing you to see if area? he's going to invest I, right now <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> No, but I've never heard of this. Uh, I, I think that there's definitely a need in the yep. in, in this space. Uh, yep. I love purpose. I've never heard of any of this before, and I don't know if I'll be an investor, but I'll tell you that I'll try to be a, at least a client. But is there? Do you know of any other companies out there that are trying to do something like this? Look, when you look at like a jobs board uh, element, or you know, to tr- find opportunities at mission-driven companies, there's uh, a number of. Uh, places as idealists, there's uh, tech jobs for good, a handful of other ones that are specific just on like design gigs for good, that kind of stuff. But why I'm really leaning heavily into community and building a community platform, there's no one in that space. There's no other community um, that's specifically focusing on mission-driven companies, career uh, careers in purpose. So that's why I'm kind of leaning in and, and this community platform being a really kind of big part of uh, good gigs future. Love it. Uh, man, there's so much power and focus and purpose and, and there's so much good, good, good work to be done. And, and there's so, so much need. And, and I was taking a quick uh, sneak peek at some of the, some of the opportunities on your on, on the marketplace there at good gigs. And it's, and it's, it's exciting because it's, it's not, I think sometimes when folks hear nonprofit or they hear um, purpose driven organization or, or whatever, they make so, certain assumptions, but there's so, there's a, there's a diverse, multitude of different yeah. opportunities out there and, and it needs a platform that serves it. So I love yes. what you're doing, Dale. It, it, this could be a four hour episode. There's lots of synergy and kindred spirits here. So we better keep moving along. Uh, Greg, 
I know we want to dive into the podcast, Good Makers, Live Your Purpose. Let's talk about that, Dale. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned it earlier, really what I was talking about where you as a solo founder have, have to wear kind of multiple hats and how important content marketing is to, you know, build up SEO and build up traffic to the site, especially good gig site and, you know, what we're trying to do. Um, content is important and I cannot write to save myself. So, and, and <laughs> don't enjoy it. Don't want to do it. Don't see myself <laughs> writing a blog. Uh, that will be, uh, and something I need to do um, uh, pretty soon as well is, is to kind of outsource that and, and get some blogs uh, happening. Here come the offers to do that, articles. Dale. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm all for it. If you're interested in the impact space, uh, if, if you know, you're a great writer, then yeah, please hit me up. Uh, but I know a good platform that can help you yeah. find someone. Yeah. Good gigs. <laughs> <laughs> actually there's yeah we've got we've got a really good uh, content and marketing and design is kind of some of our strongest that's going to be a super design. good advantage for you right i mean you're not going to yeah. be struggling finding people because they'll you'll have all of their yeah. resumes ready yeah and they come to the platform so enthused it's not just about a job it's like i care about lgbtq rights i care about women's rights i care about um racial equity it's it's really cool and as they build out their profile and to see you know uh, what interests that they they care about um but uh with the podcast i it was really a, a, a challenge for myself. It's like, how do I, you know, kind of step into this leadership role uh, a little better. I always enjoyed having, doing that business development, uh, those roles in my um, previous uh, experience. I really enjoyed having these kind of one-on-one -on -one connections with folks. So just decided to do it and thought it would be a great content marketing initiative for uh, good gigs. Um, so good makers is a podcast series where I get to interview social entrepreneurs. So the clients that I would potentially have uh, on good gigs um, and not just social entrepreneurs, what I really kind of want to do different with good makers is also bring in uh, change makers and uh, personal and professional uh, development experts. Um, and really under this ethos of, of, to be able to help other people, you got to help yourself first. So making sure that you're in the right mindset, you have the best tools and um, uh, knowledge and know-how to first help yourself, get yourself in a really good uh, place and self-care um, so that you can then, you know, help other people. I think specifically in this space, especially in the nonprofit space, there definitely can be burnout and overwhelm with the issues that they're trying to tackle. So there really has to be a focus on looking after yourself first because you're going to burn out and you know, what's, uh, what's the, what's the, um, that's not going to help you. Uh, so good makers is interview. You know, we've had, I've interviewed an energy healer uh, on there, you know, um, a life coach in with actual so social entrepreneurs that are out there doing really, really good work. And it's been incredible as you guys would attest to as well. I love the fact that at, even at this early stage, you're focused on driving the conversation and the multitude of views and walks of life and different callings in life. That is a wonderful channel to invest some of these resources. And it's such a service industry is some of what I'm hearing. I admit I have not listened to, to my first episode that wasn't part of my homework, but now Dale, we're going to make sure not only are we going to be listening to the next 
20 episodes. We're including the link in the show notes, and, and hopefully some of our audience members will tune in to Good Makers, Live Your Purpose. Love it. Greg, when you hear plans around that type of content and, and that podcast series, and, and not just the current state, but where Dale is taking it, what are some initial thoughts you've got there? You know, what I thought was, what a great way to engage and elevate and expose your community is to let them sound off and, you know, and to hear what really makes them tick and let them represent that, even even just the community on good gigs, but in general as well, right? The, the hope I think, I, I think we all have is that spreading the good news creates more good news, motivates more people to do good things, right? I think it's a great platform for that. Yeah, the podcast medium is something I really enjoy. And, you know, just to be able to have these conversations with the, the, the folks that are doing such good work has been, I've been so fortunate to be able to uh, do that as well. But uh, I've always really enjoyed podcast series that you have some tangible takeaways and you can actually learn stuff. The amount of books I have bought based on people's recommendations in podcasts. <laughs> I don't know if it's in the back here. And so I've got like 50, like all piled up that I still need to read. It's a bad habit of mine. Yeah. It, it, and so that's a really kind of a key thing I try and do as well. What are those takeaways so that listeners can go out and do it themselves and, 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 you know, build a yeah. career of purpose. Love it. Love it, Dale. All right. So moving right along from the podcast, let's, let's, let's take one more uh, walk through some of your observations here in this in this historically challenging year that is 2020, and, and thankfully we're in the final month and ready to move into 2021. You know, when you think of global business and and our global supply chain, global relationships, you name it, what's one other trend or development or news story or or even challenge that you're tracking more than others right now? What 2020 has shown us is the remote work life and what companies are doing with their uh, employees, what opportunities are out there for companies that now are going completely remote. What does that look like for the workforce? Can they leave, you know, these big, these big cities and, and, and live that kind of rural lifestyle? Could they move, you know, to a different country? You know, they're seeing, you're seeing a few, uh, organizations like Gumroad. Uh, I think they just made an announcement last week that they are not going to be paying people based on where they live. So it will be equal salary wherever you live. So, you know, you could move uh, onto the stick. So that's going to be really interesting and see what kind of opportunities 2021, 2022 um, have for the, the workforce, you know, you would you would think that there's a lot more opportunities for folks that may not have been able to you know afford to live in um, the valley, San Francisco, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on, specifically how it relates to good gigs. I've definitely seen a lot more remote positions be posted on the platform. Well, the, you know, in, in this as we continue, you know, we're months and months away from folks wanting to to show up at a Modex, Greg and Enrique with with tens of thousands of other people. And there's a lot of opportunities that, of course, come out of those traditional events and programs, you name it. And and with that void there, it's great to have platforms like uh, Good Gigs to help folks find those uh, those opportunities and, and especially those that align with what they want to do in life. So the need is now for sure and, and right. even greater moving ahead. So I love what you're doing at Good Gigs. Such a pleasure 
to connect with you, Dale. Uh, you are, again, that, that authentic breath of fresh air. I cannot wait to see, you know, this next phase, what it, what it presents from a growth standpoint yeah. for you and uh, the, the team. And I uh, can't wait to have you back on. And when we're looking back three years from now and when Good Gigs is the titan in the industry, you're getting some of your lessons learned then. I like that vision. <laughs> Thanks so much, Scott. Great. Well, hey, Enrique, I appreciate it. Yeah. Big pleasure. Uh, look forward to staying yeah, in touch. Thanks for being here. Hey, really quick, let's make sure we're going to have the links in the show notes, of course, but let's just, Dale, where can folks connect with you and uh, Good Gigs? If you want to connect with uh, Good Gigs, goodgigs.app, goodgigs.app uh, is the best place to do it. So both if you are a company looking for professionals that are purpose-driven, come to Good Gigs, as well as if you're looking for these opportunities, come on over and we'll be launching the community for job seekers in uh, March of 2021. Uh, and then I'm pretty active on Twitter. You can find me, Dale W. Wilkinson, on, uh, on Twitter. Outstanding. It's just that easy. Good stuff. Dale Wil Wilkinson, founder at Good Gigs. Thanks so much, Dale. I yeah, appreciate it, guys. You. you bet. All thank right. You, Dale. Enrique, Greg, I, let's get one thing from both of y'all. I mean, he shared so much here that um, I, I've got about 22 pages of notes over my obligatory 17, usually, <laughs> these interviews. But what's one thing that really stood out uh, to you that Dell shared here today? And, and let's start with Greg. Thinking selfishly about doing good, I'm thinking – what a great pool for the people for this, this very series, right, of people who are giving forward as part of their purpose. So, Enrique, keep your eyes open there. But I think the other thing is, you know, I said it a little bit earlier, it's the, it's the community of do-gooders, if you will, right, and, and having them readily available to one another. It's an affinity group, right, of people that want to do the right thing. And you know, I, I think that's so valuable. We, we talked about associations and we talked about uh, events and that sort of thing. And, you know, I couldn't help but think, Scott, as you were saying that, think about how quickly virtual events came on and how quickly they have rapidly disappeared. I mean, there, I'm sure there are some still out there, but there aren't many. And now what people are doing is they're kind of in pods of people with common interest. And if you, and it forced me to think about that, even at a trade show of 40,000 or a hundred thousand people, you wind up talking to the same 67 people at every show every year. You know, the, these kind of affinity groups of people with common interest are so, so valuable. So you're in the right place at the right time, Dale. And I think it's encouraging that you're doing it in the right way for people that want to do the right thing. Well put. And Dale and Enrique and Greg, I got, I got a, one little quick anecdote. So Greg, Greg is one of the wittiest people I've ever rubbed elbows with. We were interviewing Jasmine Crow with Gooder, uh, G-O-O-D-R, in a recent podcast from a few months back. And as we're signing off, Greg challenges the audience with, don't do good, do Gooder. And, and <laughs> it was just one of those epiphanies. You know, it could be on the back of a, a million T-shirts. But that's what I thought you were going there, Greg. All right, Enrique, what's one really neat, uh, powerful thing that uh, Dale shared with you here today? Well, there's definitely many and just kind of like learning a little bit more about him and getting to know him a little bit more as a, as a person, as an individual. I think that's already very inspiring for hopefully a lot of uh, people out there that kind of can, can see that this purpose-driven community and the platform that Dale's giving them, it's really uh, a lot more than just just a movement. I think I think that's really going to be the future of how business is conducted. And, and we've said that before and before in this series. And and I will say it again, right? It's just companies like Dale's 
uh, that want to really have a purpose and are driven by a purpose are going to be at the top of the of the pyramid when when in a couple more years, right? It's just not like a good thing to have or like a nice thing to do or like some this company's socially responsible thing anymore. It's like if you don't have purpose at the heart of your company, you're going to go under, mm. and that's it. And so I, I feel like Dale's providing the a community, uh, the platform for the community to build that, and that's super super interesting and, and very amazing. On a personal note, I just. I just love the fact that he read a book and then went to Vietnam. That was that was the best, and and I, and I was going to send him an email, but what was the name of the book again, Dale? Yeah, it was uh, a New Earth, Eckhart Tolle. A New so Earth, like also the author of The Power of Now. And I have tons of books just like you, and that's going to be the next Amazon purchase right now. <laughs> and if you ever show up to Enrique's office, be be prepared to leave with 50 books like his friend, right? <laughs> I have so many that I have to start giving them away. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. That's one of the best things that Enrique does. I love that. He's always a good challenging you to think differently, which is great. But Dale, excellent stuff. Love your reflective leadership style. It really reminds me it's, it's important to stop and, and think about what we're doing and, and, and build effective, impactful communication around important things like core values and culture and mission and purpose. And, and that's some of what I picked up here. Look forward to having you back on. Uh, really uh, big fans of the mission you're on and uh, all the best as we move into, thankfully, 2021. So on that note, again, big thanks to Dell Wilkinson. Check him out at goodgigs.app. We'll have that in the show notes. Big thanks to my co-host, Greg White. Uh, Enrique Alvarez, and of course, the Vector Global Logistics team. Oh, by the way, Dell mentioned no code. No code, that's a wonderful movement taking place across business. Uh, if you're in supply chain looking for no code help, check out our friends at UC Boss, based right here in Atlanta. On that note, if you enjoy this interview, check us out at supplychainnow.com where there's a, a plethora of other conversations with inspirational leaders just like Dell Wilkinson. Find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. On behalf of the whole team here, challenge you just like we challenge ourselves. Hey, do good, get forward, and be the change that's needed. Be just like Del Wilkinson, and we'll all be better off. On that note, we'll see you next time here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.